Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. The Custard TV Podcast. Another year, another podcast. It's oh, the Custard sorry. TV one. What, what happened? I was reading about the post office closures, checking that I haven't lost my job. I felt a bit then like a teacher. I felt like, do you want to share that with the, with the whole class or what? <laughs> that bell's for me, not for Matt, you. For, for those without the know, Matt in the northern area. Hello. Uh, he was a teacher of you, of you very young children. Did you ever have to do anything really teachery? Like, would you like to I share that to with everybody? Are you allowed to actually use the phrase "shut up"? Or do you have no, to no, say no, no. what was? What, oh, okay. Quieten down, children. We're getting a bit too much noise in here. Just, just like that. Let's have some quiet time, children. Have some quiet time, yeah. Fingers yeah. on lips. I like. I like your fingers on lips. We didn't do fingers, fingers on. Lips. It, it's a classic. Turn your phone off mainly now with eight-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fingers on lips and get your phone off. Luke. Hey, everybody. Here's our staff. Gary. I never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. Talking telly. Quiet. Just for one week. Just try the program for one week. This is the Custard TV podcast. Matt's in the northern area. He's the disciplinarian of the group. But oddly, Gary's the one in, with the whip, which I've never really understood. And are we back? On, are we back on that dominatrix show you did or something? What's going on? Oh, with yeah, you? I'd love. To, can we do a dominatrix episode one week where we all get sort of code names? Oh, Luke, Luke, how did uh, Luke Cage end up doing? Yeah, that's what I think. Oh, I don't know. I haven't had the official numbers in because <laughs> it, it's also. I think the handcuffs sold well. But I've got right. no idea of the DVD or the Blu-ray sales yet. Well, I bet your hands are tied over that one. Yeah, see what he did? Oh, oh. Yeah, you were right, Matt, wasn't that? <laughs> That's some of the noises from Luke Cage, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm audio clip there. I just took some of the audio out. It seems to get more and more surreal than like an episode of Sherlock. Quick bit of housekeeping as well. I don't oh, know if you oh, want yeah. to do this now. Uh, we are now on YouTube, Gary. We so, have so... been on YouTube before. I did once link the YouTube account. account. Well, what, what I've been doing, Gary, is I've been doing separate reviews. So I've been separating out the podcast into separate reviews. So you can just listen. You can search the Custard TV on YouTube. But will the preamble, which is this far, what, so far, the, the, the best very of, good? The best of the preamble. Which could be a whole 45-minute podcast on its own. What you can do if you've got time, uh, Matt, and, and obviously with the closure of post offices, this might happen. 
you could um, like take out all the, the best bits of me. What, take, take them, them out, out, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and put them on YouTube, not just oh, take wait. them out. <laughs> There's a couple of renewals early for 2017. Um, the Man in the Kai Castle, which is an Amazon-only show, uh, has been renewed for a third series. You can watch both series one and two now on Amazon Prime. I've heard uh, good things. Have you seen it or not? I've seen a, I've seen the first two episodes. I think it, what it is is it's quite a slow developing show because it's it's based in a kind of like alternate universe where the Nazis and the Japanese win World War Two. So it's kind of it, it doesn't sort of hit you right in the start. You know, it's got a slight, a slow developing story. So one, I think I need to give a bit of time to, but yeah, certainly looked, I mean, a lot of these Amazon and Netflix shows, they, they spend a lot of money on them. It certainly looks very realistic. Showtime in America renewed the affair, which is currently showing on Sky Atlantic. I still I, like it. I, I only watched a little bit of series one, but there's still plenty of good storyline in this. Yeah, they've, they've changed the storyline. So, so Noah Dominic West character in this third season has been in prison for the crime that the first two seasons were about. And it's about him. And he's been beaten up by a prison guard, a very very menacing prison guard, played, and I only just realised watching the third episode, played by Brendan Fraser of the Mummy slash George of the Jungle fame. To be honest, how can Dominic West show his face in Hollywood ever again? I hadn't realised that it was him, because he looks so different, but... It's, very, it's a very good cast. Yeah, I, I should give that a go again. Uh, CW have been very busy. They've been the busiest out of the... Uh, they've renewed a lot of their shows early. Uh, a lot of them we're not really watching anymore uh, on the podcast, but obviously things like Flash, uh, Arrow, Supergirl, which we reviewed last year. Uh, the rather mixed-up Legends of Tomorrow, which I've tried and just couldn't get into. Uh, one of Luke's favourites, James the Virgin. Way. <laughs> Talking of programmes coming back, we're going to be treated to uh, the return of Twin Peaks. And we've got an announcement that it's going to return on the 21st of May in America. The first two episodes are going to show back to back on that day. And then you're going to be able to watch the next two online that night. So that's it's weird, almost isn't like it? it. Well, it is, but I think it's also slightly genius because it means that they'll hold on to like the, the social media and the news and the news thing for about a day or two. Because not only will people be talking about the one that they can watch, but also those that get on lot have got the online service. I think that's quite clever. But then David uh, no, Lynch has also said it won't on the TV. It won't yeah. go week to week either. It's going to have a bit of a odd relationship well, with the schedulers. This is his first foray back into telly for for almost twenty years, so he's going to want to play with the normal conventions. This has got an enormous cast. Have you ever looked at the cast list for this? I was kind of overwhelmed. It's like um. If you put it in like A to Z, too. yeah. If you put it in an A to Z list, it takes some scrolling down. If it's on a web page, really, I I don't quite know. Surely they haven't all got, or they're not all integral to the plot. You've only got about a third to maybe half of the original cast returning, mostly because some passed away, some are no longer interested in working with them. So you've got a lot of new characters that they want to introduce, but they've also got people like David Duchovny who are going to return as a character that they played very briefly. How important do you think it is to have the older characters? Would you not be more excited about a completely new story happening there? I, or I would be happy with nostalgia the nostalgia well, that, that brings the new people back. 
I think there is a touch of nostalgia. I, I think anyone who is a fan of Twin Peaks, we all felt a little bit, uh, you know, underwhelmed. We didn't get the ending we wanted. We didn't get, you know, we, the film flopped. You know, I know that, I know I liked it, but uh, the film flopped in the box office and there's been the rumours. But the problem is, I mean, yeah, you're right. It, we, we can't go back and fix the problems of Twin Peaks from 20 years ago, but... We, we can bring these people back and tell a new story. But I, I agree with you. You know, let's let we also want some interesting new things. You know, don't just retread the old. It's like been so many of them recently that where we brought series back. I mean, we mentioned, you know, the X-Files came back. And yeah. one of the things like Matt said that sport the Gilmore Girls returned to Netflix for him was that right. they brought back every inconsequential character. They brought yeah. back everybody that fans might want to see. And it yeah. didn't feel very genuine. It just felt like, oh, they're popping their head round the door and then they're gone. Oh, that's well, them again. And I hope it's not like that for you with Twin Peaks. Are they going to try so hard to please the fans that actually it doesn't really work as a TV show? So that that's something to consider. That Hopefully, I, I, I'm kind of trusting David Lynch and Mark Frost to write something good as well as something that will be worth it for the fans. How excited are you on a scale of 1 to 10 for this May I think I think I'm up there at ten. I think, but with the fact that we've not got Game of Thrones till nearly June or July, I'm I'm kind of ready for a, a television experience. You know, like a yeah. you know five or six episodes or something that's really going to grip me. We, I think that'd be good. We don't have any news yet on when it will be shown. It is Sky Atlantic that have picked it up. I, so well, hopefully... I reckon they, for example, they show the affair. Oh, they, I know. They show that the same day as yeah. as. I, I reckon they'll do a simulcast. Yeah, I reckon simulcast exactly the and same the, broadcast time as the US, which will be early in the nine, morning and then for nine, a, yeah. nine o'clock that night. Yeah, similar to not, what they do with Game of Thrones. Exactly, they're not going to want to mess about with people hit, downloading this or hearing about no. it. Or no, they yeah. they know that the minute the show's been on, you know, that social media is going to explode, and you know it's going to be very hard. But yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Before I start the reviews, I will do oh, okay. the catchphrase in a minute. How <laughs> oh. is one word a catchphrase that everybody uses? I know, but it is. So, right, okay, Listening yeah. back to these podcasts, actually, I think my po- my catchphrase should be, Gary, what did you think of it? <laughs> <laughs> I say yeah. that quite a lot. Whereas yeah, I, know, you do. I can't wait to hear what Gary thinks of this. I, I know. I've got another show coming up that I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Uh, anyway, but just quick, just quickly. I, I mean, a bit of uh, news that we haven't talked about is that the educating series is coming to the north to uh, Manchester. It is. It is. So yes. there you go, Salford. Another one I have to get subtitles on. Sorry. What, Do you have sorry? to have subtitles for me? When we met that time, there was a bloke in the corner doing, doing. Yeah, it was like a court stenographer, wasn't it, Gary, rather than a subtitled person? I carry around a guy doing signing for the deaf whenever I meet him (laughs) beyond the the Watford Gap. Uh, (laughs) No, I I can cope with your your northern twang, but... Right, now, can we do the catchphrase now? In the north, it's Matt with the reviews! Hello. Yay! Let's start with...
with Unforgotten, shall we? I do like the theme tune, but it's not quite as oh. good as you two remembered. Oh no, it is good. It's a bit it's a bit the bridge. I've never been upside down. I don't want to be the right way round. Can't okay, okay, that's the theme the tune, John. Yeah. Can we do that um, with every show? This is the second series, yeah, good luck with Taboo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Unforgotten, which was our favourite show of 2015, is the uh, crime drama starring Nicola Walker, Sanjeev Bhaskar. This time, they took a body from a suitcase, which they found when they were dredging a river. The first episode of this series, just like the first episode of the last series, saw them trying to identify the body, find out who it was, look at missing persons. Uh, they did a thing where he was wearing a watch and they were trying to identify it through the watchmaker, which I thought was a really interesting way of, of doing it. Um, also, a lot of shows would just find out very quickly who hmm. he was and get yeah, on with it. I love the stuff. fact that they didn't do that. Just like last series, we've got four sort of disparate characters who... Sort of one of them, at least the Lorraine Ashbourne character, who's a copper who's sort of um, retiring in the next year and uh, has got a son who sort of struggles to connect to other people. I think we sort of learn that they're the family of the man in the suitcase, the 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 guy who's died, the murder victim. Um, Is that a TV show? The man in the I've been thinking yeah, the man in the, the suitcase. Tune, the TFI Friday theme tune was the theme that's tune right. There's that there's a um, head teacher or not a head teacher. She's a teacher who wants to be a head teacher. Head uh, yeah, an, Asi- an Asian lady um, who's married to a character played by Adil Akhtar. Love You've him. Got Rosie Caviero, who's playing a ward sister in a like a yeah, cancer in a cancer unit for young who's children. Who's uh, with her I sister? I think she was just a nurse, not a ward sister. Okay, well, she's the nurse yeah, yeah. there. Hey, a... we should always run well, no. medical things past Gary. Well, no, because she's wearing a light blue uniform, which is a nurse, a sister, oh, a doctor. Well, you don't know how good your colour is on the telly. We might have better colour that makes it into a sister's uniform. Ah. And the fourth one is friend of the podcast, I'd like to say, because we have met him, Mark Bonner. He who was plays... the loveliest man in the world, yes. wasn't he? Is he a, a lawyer? <laughs> Or barrister. a barrister, yeah, barrister. Yeah, no, ba- a barrister. He's a barrister. Oh, yeah. What colour was he wearing on your telly, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> he was in black robes with a, with a sort of a, a, a weak thing, so he's a barrister. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. This is like the fashion police. He and his partner um, are adopt uh, in the process of adopting a young girl, and um, the stepfather of the girl they're about to adopt is basically uh, in the process of trying to bribe him for money because he sees him king a car of a man who has a go at them in the supermarket. Luke, what did you think of it? Whoa, that's a new catchphrase. I'd like to stick around. 
I thought it was. I thought. It, well, you know what I thought of it. I thought it was brilliant. It was you wrote a, a review on the website. Yeah, so Gary, was, what did you think? Oh come on! <laughs> I thought the review so was great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh sorry. It, it, it drew me in immediately. I loved the fact, like we spoke about a couple of years ago, that Nicola Walker and Sanjeev Bhaskar are the most normal yeah. people. They are police policemen, but they just do that as a job. It doesn't, you know. Go into their psyche as much as people like Luther. Into, like, or... She isn't like haunted by some sort of no. demon. She's got sort of a normal relationship with her dad. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. At no point was I confused. At no point did I find anyone's stories more boring or more interesting than anyone else's. The, my favourite bit about Unforgotten now is now that we know all these people or we think we know all these people is how they're going to fit in. Yeah, with I'm the guessing. Dead man's life that it's going to be, they'll reveal it all on that pager, and I thought they'd do that at the start, at the end of this episode, like they did the end of the last episode, they found that diary, didn't they, or something. Mm. I love the normality in this, Mm. I love that it appears at this very early stage to be about ordinary people going about their lives. These are police officers who want to be police officers, you know, first, it's not like Marcella or... This time, because we learn that the murder victim has got, like, a family as well. Yeah. It's how it's affected the family, not knowing what had happened to him for the past, and it, like, it's like not, five years. In, in terms of a cold case, it's not going back that far, really. No, so 91. It's, sti- yeah. it's still still raw for the people affected. I just think it was really, really good. And I, you always wonder, after you've enjoyed the first series so much, whether you'll be able to just slot back in. But I think Chris Lang has this ability just to... You know, slot you back in straight away. I love the thing mm. that she was only going to the murder scene to avoid another episode of Time Team Revisited. That was a lovely little thing. And then he joined her because his daughters were getting on the nerves. So they're just very, very mm. human characters, and I really appreciate it for that. When I got to the end of that first episode, I'm like, right, I'm ready. They've geared me up. I know exactly what, what I'm looking forward to. I know I'm going to be surprised. I know I don't know the ending. I really feel very comfortable with this show already. Should we move on to another show quickly? I know, Gary, you haven't seen this, but no offence. Luke, did you... you oh, talk, oh, yes, yes. yes. Pop, pop, pop away for a second. Then. Pop away. More importantly, where does he go when he pops away from the <laughs> I imagine he's got a little room that he sits in. Well, it'll take him a longer time now, surely, with his hobble. Um, so, no offence. I'm still we... here, you <laughs> No offence, which is the second series of Paul Abbott's. Would you say, comedy crime drama? Would you say it's a bit of a... Have you ever heard Paul Abbott describe it in any way? Because I wouldn't know how to... He did, he did oh, he's sort of like a blackly comic crime drama. I think they were, certainly the first series, that's where they were going for. Okay, I well, mean, let's, re- this let's is redo it. that this... intro with Paul Abbott's introduction. Yeah, then. so a blackly comic <laughs> crime drama, returning for its second series, no offence... So basically, this series was sort of setting up more of a plot about sort of warring criminal families, which is, I believe, did they do something similar in Shameless? They did. It, it reminded me a lot of that. And I, that, yeah. that's going back nearly 10, 12 years, but it reminded me a lot of it. There was a lot more, I would say, a lot braver stuff that went on in the first series with the sort of killing of, of the... Um, the Down Syndrome. Down Syndrome okay. girls. This, this series is more sort of traditional, um, trying to stop two crime families from killing other members of the crime family. It starts at the funeral 
of the son of... Um, you'll have to help me with the character names here because it's a long time since I've seen it. The matriarch of the crime Atta. family. The nine... Yes, uh, Nora Atta. Nora Atta. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, she's um, they're at the funeral of her youngest son who we believe took his own life. Um, there's a bomb that goes off, which is by the body, but the body isn't in the casket because the creme owners haven't paid their gas bills, which I thought was quite I, an amusing genius. cycle. <laughs> Mr. Cornick, would you mind explaining why we discovered 20 bodies in a 10-foot burial pit, including her beatas, right behind your crematorium? Mum signs the agreements. I manage the business. I'm not even on the deeds yet! Yeah? Well, ask the seedy little shit whether or not I gave him the money to gas the flamers, which he then blew on those prostitutes again and again and again. Tell her to take her selective cataracts out and face some facts! The gas bills are hers. Read the contract. And don't be thinking just prostitutes. No, these were real specimens, fatter than I can describe. The size of him beneath those girls. I mean, how much more ridiculous could anybody want to look? I did not take part in the disposal of Herbie Attar's body. I want Nora Attar to know that this would never have happened on my watch. Uh, as it goes on, they're trying to find out who planted the bomb. They think it's the sort of Irish Kennedy family with the sort of the dad Earl Kennedy in hospital, uh, just recovering um... from a. Tra- and the son Jackie brilliantly, brilliantly Paul Abbott that is that is yeah. Paul Abbott I mean that's the main story is going to be these feuds between the Atters and the Kennedys and you've got the stuff bubbling away about the sort of death of Viv's husband at the hands of um, Elaine Cassidy's character basically I Viv's could... husband turned out to be the serial killer at the end of the yeah. first series didn't he and, and he was killed by Diner and um, the other character, Alexandra Roach's character, I've forgotten uh, her name. Well. DS Joy. Joy, yeah. Um, she sort of knows about it, but doesn't know the reasons behind but, it. Is that right? She doesn't know. She sort of knows, but she doesn't know what she knows, yeah. if that makes sense. And, and Will Mellor doesn't know anything generally. No, but there is a sense that that, that secret will yeah uh be a shadow over the yeah. coming series i also hope what they do uh in this series like they did in the first is have the crime families or the feuding families perhaps in the background while they tackle other things yeah. because i don't want it to be the main focus but i do think giant scanlon yeah. is, Viv brilliant, is yeah. very good Paul Ritter is fantastic. I oh, think I the, dial- the dialogue. I like Elaine on this- Cassidy as well. I yeah. think she's good in this. She's the sort dialogue of, in she, this. Elaine Cassidy just- sort of grounds it for me, as does actually um, I, another thing we didn't mention was Sarah Solmani's joined the cast. Oh, she's surprisingly the- brilliant in yeah, this. Yeah, as the new DCI, I think. Is that right? DCI? Mm. She's the yes. boss, basically. She's taking yeah. over from um, Colin Salmon, who was the old DCI. She doesn't sort of play into Viv's like comedy she doesn't get her banter she doesn't understand and then at the end it's like oh she's one of the lads you know that's how she gets mm. away with it that's where she how she commands respect she's an interesting addition because i think she has a lot of the her, a lot of her lines are the, a lot of the criticisms that the character had in the first series they've sort of brought her in to oversee the madness mm. that was yeah. But oddly, I didn't find... Obviously, there was a, an uncomfortable shower scene at the very start yeah, of episode one. That was amusing. I, I, I didn't find Joanna Scanlon 
as in your face, perhaps. Maybe I'm no. just used to the I way think they've toned no a lot of stuff works. down. Like, uh, at the screening, Paul Abbott did say that he, they, they admit they made some mistakes in the first series, and I think maybe they want... I, I don't think they toned it down that much, though, because I do, still think that a lot of it was turned up to 11, a lot of, yeah. the, a lot of the stuff. I mean, there's this, there was the stuff in the mortuary with the fingers... The stuff as well. I think they've they've pitched her and Nora quite well against each other. They've drawn yes, Nora. Yes, they're as, an interesting the, dynamic together. Yeah. They sort of respect each other, but they're on different sides of the law. So it's an interesting. I have to say, intre- I really enjoyed it. I really yeah. did enjoy it a lot. Today, Nora has every right to rip the world apart. Yeah, she hasn't. We're thinking it's because of her son's suicide note. Herbie suggested in his own writing, God bless him, that he took his life to pay for her sins. And if Nora kicks back with bloodshed, then she'll be dancing all over his grave. That's a tenuous presumption to base a plan of action on. That's the reason nothing's happened yet. But I do know Nora better than most, and if we don't take full advantage of her grief, Things won't stay quiet for long. Earl Kennedy's alive and recovering well upstairs. We can't afford to move him out. Oh, no, I'm suggesting that we bring Nora to see him. Absolutely not. So she can blame him to his poorly face? No, she's already blaming Jackie, but if she can see for herself what Earl's been part, she'll know he couldn't have had any part in it. That won't just make it go away. No, but she'll have someone senior to negotiate with. At whose cost? She'll need to come out of it smelling of roses. That'll make two of you. Right, there's two two uh, two sets of shows which I think are sort of BBC VITV this week. Um, first one I th- we'll, we'll tackle was Saturday Night's um, ah, yes. big talent show off, which was between Let It Shine and The Voice. Let It Shine is uh, the new uh, Gary Barlow-fronted Let's Look for a uh, five-piece boy band to star in a musical Based on, not based on, but sort of based on, take that. The Voice, obviously, is the return uh, of The Voice, but this time on ITV, uh, with new judges Jennifer Hudson and Gavin Rossdale joining uh, the returning Sir Tom Jones and Will.I.Am. I haven't watched all of both of these things, but I've watched half an hour, <laughs> 40 minutes of them, because, again, they both... Mm-hmm. Both very so long. Let, let It Shine, the basic concept is these auditions, they're looking for a member of this band. Uh, yeah. The panel initially comprises of Gary Barlow, obviously. Uh, Gary's favourite, Danny Minogue. Yay! Martin Kemp, who doesn't Yay. really look like he's... He <laughs> and Glee star and Dancing with the Stars winner, Amber Riley. Uh, and it's hosted by uh, Graham Norton and Mel. From Mel Does it and need Sue. both of them was my first question. I, don't I think, think really Mel's does. more of like the roving reporter type, which they feel like they need now. I felt that the talent sort of was secondary to everything else that was going on. I was, was going to say, I don't uh, remember very much at yeah. all about the There was a lot action. of other gump going on. There was a lot of other, like, a lot what of it is had... all the boys hanging backstage at what essentially is Biker Grove. They were checking if these people could sing or dance, but presumably if they're in a musical, they have to act as well. They need to look for a band that look like they fit together. So if they're not right for this band for the show, they well, shouldn't no, be but on it. They shouldn't isn't be that on more it in a case of how, Although it is not the story of Take That, well, Take That, a manufactured, put-together boy band. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what I, I mean is, they, they if they're not right, if, if they look at the they're not right what, for yeah, the show... You're looking at aesthetics, aren't you? Well, I suppose what they're, what they're doing is at the beginning they're looking at them as individuals. I would imagine in later rounds you'll start to see them pair up or duo mm. up or 
Well, you continue to watch it for our benefit, please, Gary. Yeah, Gary, you do a weekly review of Let It Shine. This was a very BBC show. Mm. Yes. It felt very BBC. All the references they made in the elaborate opening fart, just a part, made it just feel... (laughs) Who had an elaborate opening fart? That's how I start each episode. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The show just felt very BBC. Somebody said, quite rightly to me... But because it was just all men auditioning, it just felt a little bit not, you know, there was no diversity, but, but did, did, really. Did, it, did, that, did you feel like that when it was, uh, I've got rainbow. a problem called Maria or whatever it was called? Over the rainbow <laughs> and the Nancy one. <laughs> I've got a problem called Maria. I love that. Wasn't that the Jay-Z song? Oh, I've got nine, nine problems, but Maria but yeah, they did three all-female ones, don't forget. They were looking at Maria yeah. and Nancy and, and Dorothy. They yeah. were doing it, those. There's another example of everybody who was, was there, Martin Kemp aside, appeared to be having a lovely time, but just didn't yeah. trans- it just didn't translate to, I think the, to us. This was the better show into just overall, better than The Voice, but The Voice definitely had the better talent. But it's something now yeah. where it doesn't matter the level of talent on a talent show, it's all the other bits. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That people look mm. for, which is a bit strange. You what know, the what t- was weird, and, and, and let's let's move over to the voice. Yeah. ITV seemed to have fine-tuned and actually got rid of some of the problems that we all hated with the voice. Where they talk um, to the people they haven't turned around for. Yeah, because I, I, that all. Well, you know why that is, forced. isn't it? Because they have to fit the ads in. That's a pointless thing. Oh, I didn't turn because what you I don't think fit they my group. Do. What I think they should do as well is if you haven't turned, if you haven't hit your button for an act and others have, you should, still shouldn't be allowed to turn around. I, I was a big fan of The Voice on BBC. I think I'm just, you know, that kind of show. It's out. a good oh, show. Not... It's a good concept. But it's I a think... good concept, but I'm not going to watch they... Here's a question for you. Why can't they find a female judge for The Voice who isn't annoying? Kylie aside. Oh, I know. Yeah, apart from Kylie. Jessie I was just J, about to say... Paloma Faith, Rita yeah. Ora, and now Jennifer... <sighs> Hudson. Jennifer, You're Jennifer right, Mariah, Gary <laughs> Gavin Rossdale, unfortunately, does seem to be a, a good, you know, he seems to enjoy doing the show, but unfortunately for ITV, he does have the charisma of a paperclip. He's, he's basically Ricky Wilson I've, very long. To be fair, I've had a lot of paperclips for a lot of years, that have, so I think that does a disservice to paperclips. Yeah. Right at home, drawing pin. Yes, yes. Uh, Who needs the them? Of a, drawing of a paper fastener, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, that year Rick when it was Will I Am, Kylie, Ricky Wilson, and Tom Jones, that was the best sort of four judges because I you're right. Agree. You had a mix, you know, Tom Jones brought up Elvis and all that sort Ricky of thing. Wilson. Will I Am. You had the kind of mix of the different genres. When people were faced with that decision, 
they could choose a judge or a coach based on how they felt they fitted best with them. The, the point will be when we get to the mm. what's supposed live shows. The voice was always good when it was turn the chairs. Even the battle rounds weren't bad. Talent is better on the show. That last guy was tremendous. Yeah, and and because I think, actually, one of the things that I used to like about The Voice was the fact that they don't all come on and sing the same songs. They come on and do a wide variety of songs in a wide variety of styles. I like the the duo as well who did uh, Burning Love by um, Elvis, but did it sort of like an acoustic version. The key thing will be when we get to the live shows, can that sh- and can they produce a record a star? That's They're the going to get a recording year, contract, yeah. aren't they? So that's what ITV you've always said, Luke, isn't it? Always, problem? yeah. You've always said um, that ITV would be more suited because they can promote the act. Yeah, yeah. They can do the we almost guarantee you a number one type thing. Let's do taboo. This show screened BBC Two, but it was on BBC One. Stars Tom Hardy. He's come back from Africa. His father's uh, died. Everyone said, "Oh, he's died." He was he was mad before he died. He bequeathed a spot of land uh, in the Americas to his son, but everyone else is after it. I speak plainly. Your father drew up a will of which I am executor. In it, you are his only heir. But James, if you came home expecting fortune, there is none. The only legacy is a poison chalice. Well, it's a small strip of coastline directly on the other side of the world, which your father held by treaty with the Nutka tribe, a wasteland. If America were a pig facing England, it is right at the pig's arse. Um, there's his half-sister, played by the very lovely Una Chaplin. There's a suggestion that they had a relationship at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, some secrets are best kept buried and all that. Jonathan Price's uh, room of exposition, where he tells us all about every character yeah. and their, um, their <laughs> like what they're like, what people think of them, why they're needed in the show, what their relationships are. It's very, it's very helpful. But he, he's the head of the East India Company who wants. He would the be that guy in the, the the corner of the screen, like Gary needs. He's the narrator. He, yeah. Yeah. he seems to like to swear every so- If someone doesn't give him the correct answer straight away, he will get <laughs> he's a like bit Gary. He's like Paxman at University <laughs> Challenge. Yeah. Come on! Yeah. It'll ask a question, and then someone says, no, I'm not going to answer. So we'll ra- ask the question again, but put an F word in there and raise his Open voice. Open the envelope! <laughs> yeah. As the late Mr Delaney's lawyer, I attended the funeral. And a ghost appeared. A son we all thought dead in Africa. James Keziah Delaney. Mr. Wilton, I asked you to do some digging. Which I have done, sir, and most entertaining it has been. In temperament, he takes after his mad mother. She was committed as a resident of Bedlam. Just stick to what we know about the boy. So at the age of 11, uh, his exhausted father and new bride put his son in as a cadet at the East India Company Military Seminary in Woolwich, the year of our Lord, 1798. Delaney's son was a company boy? And, Sir Stuart, odd to relate, the records show he was once in your own regiment. (laughs) I commanded so many of the little bastards, I forget. There is a copy of his attendance record and the year-end record. Yeah, year-end record, Stuart. 
The necks he broke always belong to officers. And then there is the setting ablaze of a Navy boat in an experiment with oil and mashed potatoes while drunk. <laughs> and a fight with a bear in Chancery Lane. A rebellion against the cooks for bad custard started by him. And he raved about fortunes and hidden treasures. Finally, in the year of our Lord, 1802, he took himself off to Africa. And Delaney's will leaves him everything including Nutka. If the will has not been read and only Nutka is so strategic to us, why don't we just burn it? Even if I did, the son would have natural priority over the daughter, according to God's law. And his return was purposely in a public way. Hardly the action of a savage. There have been rumours about James Gaziah Delaney these past ten years. Uh, but in the file, I have put only the facts, sir, not the rumours. What are the rumours? Awful and unnatural and, I'm sure, untrue. What? Rumours. I really like this, but I can't really put my finger on why. I tell you what, when the end credits came up, I went, gosh, that was quick. In the what, sense in that, that, vo- in that sort of surprise voice like that? Yeah, it was. It was like, oh, okay. Bro, gosh, I that was that. quick. And, and, and at no point did I go, oh, I'll just look at Twitter or look at something else. It had a kind of big budget type feel. I don't know whether that was because of Tom Hardy or well, whether no, all the so, settings, so I don't just, know. So just Peaky Blinders, I would agree. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. This was a little less sort of overtly sort of comic book, like I've, I've said Peaky Blinders is, you know. I've, I've, my issues with Peaky Blinders is that they use the um, modern music and yeah. this has still got some of that sort of flashy cinematography. There was that weird sequence um, that he started talking to all the people in the mortuary, like all the yes. bodies alive. Yeah, and then there was the very kind of like um, voodoo-y type thing, wasn't there? When he was flashing back for Africa, there was the kind of like the the, the, the sort of the witch doctors and the, and the people coming out of the sea as well, wasn't there? I've liked Tom Hardy in, in various films, but in this he just was whispering. There was a lot of whispering in this mm. that really annoyed yeah. me. My thoughts were different to Gary. I was like, yeah, this is good. I like this. Oh, this is a bit daft. Oh, no, this is good. I like this. Oh, no, this is a bit daft. And by the end of it, I just felt like I had no idea what the show was about. And had this been on an Amazon or Netflix and you could have watched the next one immediately, Mm. I would have just to get... Because I don't feel I got a sense enough of what the story is. I will watch the next one, if only to find out... Yeah, I agree. I I agree that they haven't told you why he's back or... Well, I don't even want to know that. I want to know what the focus will be. I hope it's not all sort of wizards and voodoo and all this. I hope it's, it's just all a bit. And this felt like a really much a setup episode, um, yeah. like a prequel, a prologue. But I, I didn't feel, and this is to steal a Luke line, that there was any character really that jumped out at me. You know, that I could sympathise <laughs> with, that I could root for, that I could, no. that I, you know, that I liked. And I, I just was, I was, I was left at the end. I was going. That's it's it's really well acted. It's really sort of good to look at, but it left me a little bit cold, if I'm honest. I won't give up on it this soon because I did a similar thing with Peaky Blinders and yeah, I regret, think we need regretted to regretted that immediately. So I will be keeping up with this. What well, can we just talk very briefly as telly nerds about the impetus 
uh, for putting this on Saturday night because, it, as I said in the review I wrote, it was sat in the schedules somewhere between really brave and completely bonkers to put this on after Casualty. Do on you Saturday think, night. though, to play Devil's Advocate, most people care? I don't think they do. I, well, I don't think. I, I, no, do not who are listening no, to us now. Ask the question. Hold no. on, ask the question. No, Mr. and Mrs. at home in front of their telly. Mr. and Mrs. I've got Sky Plus. I can record it and watch this anytime I want. I do agree. It's very brave to put something like this on because it doesn't fit any kind of natural mould for BBC to put it on at, was at nine-ish or so. You know, this is, as you say, between casualty and the news and match of the day. But I, I, I applaud them for doing this because... It is something different. You know, I think that audience is out there. That's why I said this screen's BBC Two, because I think a few years ago, this would have been stuck on BBC Two on a weeknight. Are we going to all watch the second one just to get a better feel? I think I might. There's Matt being (laughs) his normal committable self. Again, again, Mr. Full-Time Job over here. Not on a Saturday night. Not on a Saturday night. Yeah. No one's buying stamps on a Saturday night. I'll trust you. This just in for your entertainment. Get the latest TV news direct from thecustardtv.com. My God, you are pure television. Guaranteed. And the other sort of BBC versus ITV was Sunday night with the Battle of the uh, Investigators, I suppose you could say. Oh, well done, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Endeavour on ITV started at 8 o'clock and Sherlock started at 9. Okay. At the end of the last series, uh, Detective Thursday's daughter Joan went missing. Uh, she ran away. And so we start right after the events of that last series. Both Morse and, Morse and Thursday are kind of affected by that. Morse more kind of so because he equally doesn't pass the sergeant's exam because of a conspiracy where his and only his paper goes missing. So therefore he fails. But Thursday is clearly distracted by the fact that his daughter's not around. The actual plot of this episode was based around the fact that uh, several people were drowned who originally seemed very unconnected. But of course this being a crime drama, were very much connected in a, a very sinister chess game of someone who, uh, in the end, turned out to be someone who made death masks of his victims because of a, 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 an episode where his father made death masks of World War One, or not death masks, but a mask of World War One victims uh, who he used to help reconstruction, but he was affected by that and the fact that he, I can't remember if he mistakenly drowned or witnessed the drowning of his sister, it all tied together at the end fantastically, as most of these Morse episodes do. I, again, I really enjoyed this. The characters are, are, are fully formed in this program. You know, you really feel for Thursday and the fact that he's pining for his daughter. His wife starts to get a job, so he can kind of feel his life kind of changing around him. Unlike other shows which I could mention, there's an actual storyline here that I'd like to follow. Yeah, there's a story, and it's it's clever, Without, mm-hmm. without sort of going, oh, look how clever we are. If that yes, means. yes, Unlike. yes. Logical, I think, is the it's word. Logical, and there's, as you said, there's characters you can, can care about. Roger Alam and, and, and Sean Evans, there is no better team outside of Scott and Bailey no. working together in, in this awesome form. They just complement each other so well, and you could watch them investigate anything. Do you know what? I would just about bear watching them 
chase a tiger through a maze. I could just about uh, manage it. Funnily yeah. enough that you say that. Yeah. So Sherlock this week uh, was called The Lying Detective. Uh, this was the one we were anticipating uh, mainly because of Toby Jones. Now, what was your feelings on the character? Because I've talked to someone since and they reckon he was essentially playing Jimmy Savile in this. Yes, Pretty much, he was, yeah. He was an untouchable... I didn't get that. I didn't get, oh, no, didn't get I've that. I've got a key no. to every room. I can bribe a police officer to get anywhere and I can stand I know the Queen. My, yeah. my special room is a mortuary. Come on, yeah. the clues okay. are in there. Now, now, yeah. now, you, now you say it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he wasn't wearing a medallion, okay? No, no I think they stopped short him. of the TV show and the radio career, yeah. but This was the sort of fractured relationship between uh, Sherlock and Watson since uh, Mary's death. They haven't been speaking, and Sherlock basically is is sort of becoming more and more addicted to the drugs. He starts investigating uh, Culverton Smith, who's the Toby Jones character. Meanwhile, uh, Una Stubbs is getting really worried and gets Watson in. I, I enjoyed this episode. Uh, there was a twist at the end. Should we reveal the twist? Well, yes, we can. But can I just go back a bit and say I don't feel like um, Martin Freeman's been in Sherlock at all this year. I don't know what it is. I don't was know good. why I feel like it. He I was in like... this episode. He was in this episode quite a lot. Yeah, but I feel like he's not had any impact or anything much to do. I don't like. Well, I that's because half they... the episode he's talking to a dead person. I know why they brought Amanda Eddington back. I understand why they did it. It's not a fan. I'm not a fan of that device. No, I wasn't a fan of it's that. It's really overused in TV. That device of if you're going to die on screen. Then and then you come back the next episode. It completely takes away the impact, yeah. if any, that the death had in the first. Place. I would disagree with you about Martin Freeman. I think that it's because Benedict Cumberbatch is so big. Everyone else sort of. Hides I suppose in the he background. gives such an understated yes. performance yeah. Here, here's in comparison to everyone else. Here's, here's what I think it is. He's supposed mm. to be the logical, cold-hearted, more logical part of the kind of Sherlock all over the place. But the problem is, is that when you then have Watson becoming part of the storyline, in other words, his wife dying, he's got a young child, you know, he's in therapy. Suddenly he's more like Sherlock than, than, than he's supposed to be the balance of him, not the same as him. I did not like this episode at all. Ooh. Again, I thought I thought it was far. What too about the? Well, can we just before you before yeah, I like you that. Ooh, do that, misses? I like yeah. that. Ooh, that this, was, this one was universal. The, the first one, a lot of people. Mm. This one is always like, oh, much better. Blah blah blah. Mainly because of the last minute reveal that um, the therapist, the girl that um, might be met on the bus, and who you uh, quite the, you quite rightly predicted said, you said evil. to turn out evil. Yeah. And um, to- the the woman sort of who Toby he thought was Toby Jones's daughter all turned out to be the same person who is actually Sherlock's sister, Euros. The reason I didn't like it is because, like last week, I felt like we blew through so many important things so quickly. I do not know how it has taken them two years to say they said it's taken them two years to write this. I really don't believe them. I really don't see it. I can see that it's taken two years to get these actors in the same place. Now, unfortunately, during Gary's eloquent speech about why he didn't enjoy Sherlock, um, a dog that we were looking after started barking in the background. So try and focus on Gary here and not the background noise of a dog barking. And yes, I was annoyed. I was very annoyed that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was fully formed with his Doctor Strange beard because he's obviously filming another film. Um, 
I know the dog disagrees with me, but I don't care. I don't know. I just, I was uncomfortable with this whole thing, this whole thing of Sherlock going mad, but yet still, you know, reproducing things that are happening two weeks in advance. I did, there was no That's warmth. the bit that annoyed me. Uh, that's the where bit was, that annoyed me. That's the bit that annoyed me. Where was the, the Sherlock being Sherlock in this episode? It was just, I don't know, it just felt wrong. The, the, the like bit it. where they turn where Eunice turned up at Martin Freeman's therapist's house was the bit that really annoyed me because it seemed like there's not a moment in Sherlock where Sherlock can get anything wrong or not second guess anything. That's the bit that annoyed me because I feel like they always want to show him as this amazing, it, incredible. It's person. the it's the editing. It's the it's just the frantic editing it's the look how clever we are look at these things we're doing and it doesn't as i said before i watched endeavor and sherlock essentially back to back they were both clever cleverly plotted ones but endeavor was understated it was clever it was it was a lot better paced me and uh, luke's talked briefly on sunday night and as you said toby jones was very very hammy i mean i liked him in this oh yeah i mean everything about endeavor is yeah, Endeavour is essentially everything that Sherlock isn't in a good way. Mm, the yeah. Toby Jones character and the storyline that they could have done with him would have been a good episode. But mm. the problem is you're left now with this whole feeling of, well, he was just like a bit part. You know, I would have, he, he I would have liked Endeavour. He was the baddie of the week. Toby oh, Jones. we've got a much better baddie now. Yeah. It's like, please, please, Sherlock, please just tell a story. Right, mm. should we rock it through some of these other ones? Because I haven't seen any of the rest of these. Silent uh, Witness? Right. Any... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it very quickly. Uh, start of the 20th, 20th series of the uh, Forensic Pathologist crime drama. The best thing about it, and why I watch it uh, every series, is because every week it can tell very different stories. One minute it's uh, not about Amelia Fox and co. And next week it is. One week they're talking about immigrants. Next week it's a... Who done it? They can do just about anything. First week was about migrants crossing uh, through what was perceived to be, but never said, the jungle in Paris, and getting uh, to Calais. the UK. Calais, sorry, yeah, and getting to the UK. And it was obviously designed to be very topical and very emotive. It mm. was. It was very. The, the second half of it was a much better story. It was a very clever story about. The migrants being left in a van to die and suffocate in the van, uh, and then finding that out. But I just, I just think there's not many shows on TV uh, that can do that sort of a story. I, I think, I think it doesn't well, really I... get the credit it deserves ever. People don't give it enough credit for the for the variation of stories it can tell. I know it works only really in silent witness land because p- criminal pathologists don't follow police round and nice. and stuff. They don't do that. It's not their job. But for the sake of the show, that's what happens. You have to just let that be the, let yourself know that and you can just about get on board with it. But Yeah, if you suspend that... that belief, then you're okay. And Gary, yeah. cool. Uh, yes, uh, Return of the Third... Which I believe was your pick of the week last week. It was, yes. Return of the Third or Fourth Series, I can't remember which. Uh, yeah. Kind of... Third. Uh, third, thank you. Uh, now being shown on BBC Three online, you can't find it, it's not actually a channel. Uh, but now getting a repeat um, on Friday nights on BBC uh, One. Yes, after Graham Norton. Yes, indeed, late night. I still like this, although the problem now is that the, uh, the young boy has now grown up and is a fully formed, morose teenager. Yeah, he's, they haven't changed the person, but he's, he's much older. Uh, and the dynamic has changed. 
the uncle character is now living in like a basement flat of the house where his sister and the nephew uh, live, and the new sister's new boyfriend is living with them. And what's the going on? <laughs> I know, it's all very confusing. Clear. I think the reason that this show works is because it's Nick, and I can't remember his surname, is it? Helm. Anyway, yeah, yes. Nick Helm. Helm. Or he- yeah, Nick Helm. It's, Sorry, I mean, I, I thought it's he's pronounced slightly Helm. different, though. It's spelled Helm. It's spelled yes. like AIM or something, isn't it? Uh, and he, he is basically the star of the show, and it's all based on around his comedy and his music. So that's what I think makes it stand out, is that he always includes some sort of musical number as part of the show. Uh, and and in the, this week was more of a cartoony version of what was going on in his life. He thought he would be he was a dad, but he wasn't. Uh, I, I don't think it's quite got the impact of the first two series because of the fact that the nephew is now an older person, um, and it's not quite the kind of like irresponsible uncle uh, as it was in the first two series. But I still think it's quite good, and we're lacking comedy at the moment. I don't think there's any good comedy on at the moment. Not on this Thank podcast. You. Not at all. No. no, let's go back to Luke Cage. That seemed to work. Oh. <laughs> um, pick of the week. I've got mine. Go on, then okay. you go first. Then. Um, it's one that I enjoyed last year, and it will get a groan from Luke. But it's Sugar Free Farm on ITV at nine pm. I can't tonight. be bothered to groan. <laughs> I can't be. But you know how I feel. There's no need for me to groan. I really like this the first time, Ad, and I've watched a bit of it on the previews. And despite having sort of more showy contestants like Gemma Collins and Anne Widdicombe this time round. I still like it. I th- it's just an interesting look at how much, you know, we as we as a nation consume all the sort of sugars and fats and things like that. And, and oh, that nearly rhymed. Yeah. Sugar um, and and he has like got that. some likeable people on it as well. Peter Davidson, uh, Joe Pasquale, uh, both of Stavros Flatley. If you saw Peter Davidson... Exactly, that's of... one of the more interesting things about it because at the beginning they show them sort of piles of like sugar and fat and um, like, like that. Stuff. <laughs> and they have to... Well, they have to stand behind the pile that they think is theirs. And yeah. like you would think that like Alison Hammond and Gemma Collins, theirs oh, would yeah. be the biggest piles. Those were the smallest piles and Joe Pasquale and Peter Davidson had the biggest piles. So it's not necessarily... <laughs> We're still talking about sugar now, aren't we? Yes, yeah, sugar. It was just quite interesting to see that it was more the patterns of eating that Gemma Collins had and and the fact that Alison Hammond had had 666 chocolate bars uh, in the last lifetime or or in the week. In the last year. (laughs) In the week leading up to sugar. As you say, it's it's not just about losing weight. It's not like weight, weight loss farm. It's sugar free farm. It's I about trying to sort of combat like diabetes and stuff like that. That's if if, I could, if, if I could get that off my mind, I'm worried that the new series will put far too much focus on Gemma Collins. All the preview clips I've been sent mm. from ITV yeah. are all are all her moaning about having to do stuff and a farmer yelling at her. And I just hope that, that... I think that, I think it's 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 more balance than that i think Gemma collins so. is they're trying to make she's like the draw but i think there's enough of the others like uh the stavros flatley dad being scared of beetles there's a bit of a hook for you there. the beetles there's or... only two of them left so i wouldn't worry you know and they're both oh quite beetles oh, beetles sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah. the creepy crawlies well I, i'm gonna go for the second episode of unforgotten because there's not a lot of other good new stuff that's coming through we've already had quite a lot of it so i'm, I'm gonna go with that because i'm really intrigued to find out how this story opens up and I'll go for one which the other two won't probably watch. It's a new 
documentary on BBC Two on Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday the 11th, depending on when I get this podcast up live. Uh, it's a six-part documentary uh, capturing the day-to-day realities facing the NHS right now, and it's called Hospital. I really enjoyed Ambulance, which I did eventually see that was on. I did. Oh, well I enjoyed Ambulance. Yeah. So I enjoyed hosp- it. Yeah, so Hospital... Uh, it's very topical because we're hearing all sorts about how the NHS is squeezed to within an inch of its well, life. Well, I, I at did the experience moment. some of this because uh, 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 both me and my dad were in hospital not long before mm. Christmas, weren't we? And I, I experienced, I saw evidence of, of of wards being shut and people being kept in mm. corridors. So good timing for a show. That's nine o'clock on Wednesday. It's a six-parter. So just to recap, Matt's got sugar-free farm Tuesday or tonight as we record nine o'clock on ITV. I've got Wednesday's Hospital on BBC Two at 9 o'clock. And uh, Gary, oddly, Thursday at 9, that's weird, Unforgotten yeah. is back. For it's a thing there's not a fourth member of the podcast that could do Friday. Right, as Matt says, we are now on YouTube. Search The Custard TV and you will find excerpts of this and some other podcast uh, reviews we've done uh, of certain shows via YouTube. What else? Uh, we're also on Facebook. Like us there, facebook.com forward slash the custard tv it is it is also dead easy and i would applaud you uh, to give us a five star review if you subscribe to this on itunes or quite frankly even if you don't search the uh, itunes store for the custard tv podcast you'll find us there give us a five star review it just helps people be aware of the fact that we exist and we're people that love telly. <laughs> yeah, otherwise yeah. my life has He's no meaning. really, doesn't it? You know. uh, I'm also on Twitter, at Luke Custer TV, as is Matt. Not that you'd know it, but he is, at Matt's TV Bike. Yeah, I don't think Gary. I've tweeted for a while. You haven't. At the Gary Show as well for Gary. <laughs> okay, so we will now say goodbye, but we don't really. We actually keep talking about when we're going to record next, because our <laughs> lives are empty enough. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.